Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Sean Backey from CLNS Radio and the Evening Score Sports Podcast. Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new with a free 10-day trial to lynda.com. lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world and has over 4,500 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, and business, as well as software training like Excel, WordPress, and Photoshop. All of their courses are taught by experts, and new courses are added to the site every week. Whether you want to set new financial goals, find work-life balance, invest in a new hobby, ask your boss for a raise, or even find a new job or improve upon the current job skills in 2015, lynda.com has something for everyone. Now, if you sign up today for the free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash CLNS, You'll get the benefits of unlimited access to every course on lynda.com. You'll also get access to view tutorials on tablets and iPhone and Android mobile devices, as well as access to new courses added every week. Some of the courses that were recommended for me uh, include analyzing your website to improve SEO, viral marketing, and web analytics fundamentals. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for the free 10-day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash CLNS. Go ahead. I challenge you to learn something new in 2015. We're going to ring the bell today. This is what you guys have been working for. I need 60 minutes. 60 minutes of me. You got it. 60 minutes. No business. No mercy. Patriots Nation, and welcome to a special edition of Patriots Beat here on the CLNS Radio Network. I am your host, Jeff Kane, at Boston Fat Guy. Join with me, as always, Bobby Kovitsky, at BobbyK underscore 91, also on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at, at Patriots Beat and follow CLNS Radio at CLNS Radio. If you're a Facebook fan, you hop on to www.facebook.com slash fans or www.facebook.com slash Patriots Beat. We, of course, today are brought to you by our new partner, lynda.com, www.lynda, and that is L-Y-N-D-A.com. Get out and challenge yourself today. lynda.com has all sorts of great uh, courses that you can take to better yourself, and anything from 
web design to uh, you know just just getting better at uh, you know everything on the computer. Go out, challenge yourself today. And of course, with CLNS Radio and Linda, you have a 10-day free trial by going to www.linda.com/clnsradio. We're a mere week away from the New England Patriots and Seattle Seahawks kicking it off in Super Bowl 49. We've dealt with the crap this week. We've dealt with this deflate gate and the overblown we're talking about over a couple of PSI in, in, in a football. I don't think the Patriots got any huge advantage over this. Bill Belichick came out on Saturday uh, explaining what he thought had happened. I'm not a scientist. He's not a scientist. We don't know. But he basically told the NFL, this is what it is. And you know what? It it could be it. It could be not. I've heard rumors out there that it's a sting operation, that the NFL was trying to catch the Patriots red-handed. And if that's the case, shame on the NFL for basically sabotaging an AFC championship game. In the days of Paul Tagliabue, he would have come out and got to the bottom right away, would have made a phone call to Mr. Kraft and said, we, there's allegations out there that during the Baltimore Ravens game or during the first game against the Indianapolis Colts that you had underdeflated footballs. Let's fix this. I think this is a bag job by the NFL, and I think that uh, they fed the story to uh, Bob Kravitz of uh, you know the Indianapolis uh, television show, and it became a mind of its own. I think it's a bag job. I think it's on the NFL. And if this is true, that it could have been a sting operation, and it's now blown up at the NFL's face, this is now three strikes against Roger Goodell this year, and it's time for him to step down. Yeah, I think the difference between Tagliabue and Goodell is that Tagliabue not only has much more integrity but I think he's much smarter. I'm not going to say that Paul Tagliabue didn't try and, you know, operate on a level that might be considered questionable, and it just didn't get out to the public. But the fact is that he kept the integrity of the game. He protected the shield at a much higher level, much more successfully than Goodell has done. Even this year alone has been a nightmare for him. And quite frankly, I think almost as bad as the fact that you're willing to perform a sting operation against one of your teams in the AFC championship, no less, is that you're willing to do it over an issue that up until now, the league seemingly did not care about. They stopped checking the balls after two hours and 15 minutes before kickoff. They let the teams do whatever they want with these footballs under no stipulations or guidelines prior to that checking point. And it seems like this was a league-wide issue that teams were doing who knows what with the footballs, and the NFL really didn't have a problem with it. Now they're allegedly performing a sting operation against the team in the AFC Championship, and it's just been a terrible year for the league's credibility, and Goodell is right at the forefront of that. Yeah, he sure is. Now, Patriots Beat is going to be doing something different this week. We usually are a a a once-a-week podcast. We will be releasing podcasts each and every morning uh, right up till Super Bowl Sunday. We have some great guests lined up. Uh, Today we are going to have Adam Jones of 98.5 The Sports Hub. We're going to have the one and only Pete Shepard. 
We're working on uh, Matt Chatham coming on and Ted Johnson, former New England Patriot. Uh, we got some good things coming up. Follow us on Twitter at, at Patriots Beat. You'll find out the latest of who we'll have on uh, for these podcasts as they come. Bobby and I are going to be working a little overtime this week, aren't we, Bobby? Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. We're going to have to crank out a lot of questions for these guys, but it'll be exciting. And as things uh, heat up towards the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, we will release a podcast uh, with all of the hit best hits from the interviews this week, along with thoughts from every member of the New England Patriots uh, beat team on CLNSRadio.com, uh, where that would include myself, Bobby, of course, Bob Snowden, uh, Billy Wyatt, Sam... And I'm going to screw Sam's name up, and I'm sorry, <laughs> Sam. Sammy P. will just call him. And, of course, and of course, our buddy uh, Scott, uh, uh, that's just going to be some great things all week long. Check out clnsradio.com. We'll be ready for you guys. We're ready for this Super Bowl. I guess without further ado, we should bring on our guest for today, and that is Adam Jones. So we'll bring him on right now. Joining us on the phone right now is Adam Jones of 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston, Massachusetts. We'll have Adam on for a little bit here, talking the New England Patriots versus Seattle Seahawks. Super Bowl 49, it's right around the corner. Adam, how you doing today? We're doing great, guys. Thanks for having me back. Oh, love having you on, sir. Definitely do. We're not going to talk about Inflategate. We're not going to talk about Spygate. I'm sick of all that stuff. Let's get down to the meat and potatoes of this Super Bowl, which I think puts the best two teams uh, in the NFL against each other. Your thoughts on Super Bowl 49? Well, you know, I, first of all, I agree. I mean, they were the top seed in each conference. I think it's actually the first time in a long time that it's been two years in a row that the top seed in each conference has advanced to a Super Bowl, and I agree. These are the two best teams in the NFL, and I think they're both, you know, balanced teams, but they certainly have characteristics um, that identify each team. The Seattle Seahawks are known for their tough, fast, physical, ferocious defense under Pete Carroll, and the Patriots, as they've become more and more known over the years, are more skewed, I think, offensively. They're as good on the other side of the football as they've been probably in a decade. I think Seattle is a decent enough offensive team but to me, what intrigues me the most is when the Patriots have the ball going against that Seattle defense. I think it's the best defense they've gone against since the last time they played Seattle in 2012. Uh, so it'll certainly be a good test for the Patriots when these two teams meet up on February 1st. Adam, as far as the game itself goes, there are a lot of interesting storylines. What are some that interest you the most and you're looking forward to see play out? Uh, well, aside from Deflategate, of course, no, I, I'm, I'm just kidding. We don't, uh, we don't need to, to delve into that anymore. No, I, I think the, the most intriguing thing for me is, you know, Pete Carroll versus Bill Belichick. And, and you know, maybe that's me falling into the, the old trap of, of you know, uh, a storyline. But I am fascinated that Belichick replaced Pete Carroll. And I just think, and maybe this is just a personal pet peeve of mine because I hated those Pete Carroll teams so much. And maybe I just, I need to get over it from the late 90s. But I just think the revisionist history with Pete Carroll, he, he's a, a good head coach now. He's won a Super Bowl. He won in college. So he, he's vindicated himself for what happened in New England. But that doesn't mean we need to go back and pretend that what happened in New England never happened. His teams progressively got worse year after year after year. He went from a 10-win team in the divisional round to a 9-win team in the wild card weekend getting eliminated. And then the following year being 8-8 eight and, eight and missing the playoffs altogether. He inherited a team that was in the Super Bowl the year before. 
few years after he left, they won a Super Bowl with Bill Belichick. And not to say that it was all the same guys across the board, but it was a lot of the same core, especially on defense that Belichick ultimately won with. So I just don't think we need to go back and rewrite history that all of a sudden Pete Carroll, we misjudged him when he was here in New England. His teams were undisciplined. They weren't very good in terms of, you know, wins and losses on the field. They had plenty of talent. So that's one thing that bothers me. And I just, I can't in my heart of hearts believe that Bill Belichick is going to get out-schemed or out-coached by Pete Carroll. He might have a more talented team, and that's credit to Pete. He drafted that team or had a hand, certainly, in drafting that team, just like Bill Belichick has a hand um, and, and the significant hand in picking the players here in New England. You know, Pete may be a better GM, a better evaluator when it comes to personnel, and that may prove out on the field, but I refuse to believe he's going to out-scheme Bill Belichick. I actually think the Patriots have a pretty big check mark when it comes to coaching in the Super Bowl. Well, that brings me back to the 1999 Patriots team. Of course, they started that season six and two and finished two right? and six. Six, you six know? and two and, with the bye week. They they collapsed at the end of the year. Yeah, it was a tough team to watch. It, yeah, it was it was a very tough team to watch. They were they were so good at the beginning of the season. And you're right, they lost all the discipline. Pete Carroll's got a pretty good thing uh, out there with his GM in Seattle. He didn't have that in New England, Bobby Greer. I'm going to give Pete the benefit of the doubt that Bobby Greer's drafts didn't exactly bring anything to the table. It was a month after Bill Belichick took over that Bobby Greer was given his walking papers. What do you think about Pete Carroll now working with his new GM? Well, I mean, I think, like I said, I think he has a big hand in it. And I know Pete will be the first to tell you that, you know, he wasn't allowed to have as much impact on the organization as he has now in Seattle. So fair point. But I just think even if they didn't draft well while he was here, he inherited an awfully talented team with a core that, you know, wasn't going anywhere. You know, he had Ty Law, he had Willie McGinnis, he had Teddy Bruschi. You know, he had these guys that Belichick ultimately coached up to, to one of the better defenses that we saw in the 2000s. You know, that 4 defense, I think, is just about as good as they get, you know, right up there with the Ravens, right up there with Tampa, right up there with what Seattle's doing now. And that core, not every single player, but that core, you know, Pete Carroll had as well. So I think that's a major strike against him. But you're right. He couldn't pick all his players here. He's allowed to pick his players now, and he's been very successful. I would just go back to 1997. I didn't want Pete Carroll picking the players. But in fairness, in 2000, I'm not sure there were a lot of people who wanted Bill Belichick picking the players, and that that proved to be the right choice by Robert Kraft. Carroll also struggled with the New York Jets before coming over to New England. In your eyes, what does this game mean for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's legacy? Well, I mean, when you get to the legacy, you can't ignore uh, Deflategate. And I think it's so much more minor than Spygate when you're discussing potentially, you know, legacy tarnishing incidents. But the fact that now there are, there are two of them, I think is going to stick with Bill a heck of a lot more than it'll stick with Tom. However, if you win, and look, there's going to be no deflated footballs at the Super Bowl on Sunday or a week from now. You know, I think we can all feel pretty safe in saying that. The NFL will have that covered. You know, they're not going to be filming hand signals on the sidelines. So we know the Patriots will, will be on the level, I think, in this, this Super Bowl 49. So I think winning another one at least eradicates Spygate. And then who knows with this whole next incident. But from a legacy standpoint, Four Super Bowls for both of them. You know, you're talking about, in my mind, the greatest coach-quarterback combination of all time. They do it in the salary cap era. And I think they get a big advantage, in my mind, that they won three out of four early on in the 2000s. And then 
a decade later, they win another one. You know, to me, and not to cross sports here, but that reminds me of what the Yankees did. And I, I know, you know, none of us like seeing them do it in 2009 after they had won four out of five in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, the fact that Jeter and Rivera and Pettit and Posada, that core went back and won another one, you know, seven, eight, nine years later, whatever the math worked out to be. You know, I really think that that cements them as a, a great core that the Yankees had. And for the Patriots, it's really just Belichick and Brady. I know Will Fork was there in 2004, but that's what we're talking about from a legacy standpoint. And I think that they could win with a totally different style and a totally different core around them. And by the way, I think the, the teams that they've beaten in the Super Bowls, not that who Joe Montana had to beat was any slouch, and certainly the Steelers teams in the 70s, you know, they had to go through some talented teams, obviously. But the Patriots will have beaten the defending Super Bowl champs in the Seattle Seahawks. And when they won in 2001, they had beaten the defending Super Bowl champ, or, or two years prior, the Super Bowl champion St. Louis Rams. So I think the degree of difficulty of who they've had to go through in these games is particularly impressive. I think the fact that it's been over such a long span of time would be impressive. If they win this game, and it's not going to be any, any light lifting, but if they win this game, to me, regardless of Spygate, regardless of Deflategate, they are the greatest coach-quarterback combination in the history of the sport. I love your analogy to the New York Yankees. And while we are Boston Red Sox fans here, I think you are 100% right because the Yankees are hated in this part of the country, just like I think the Patriots are hated all totally. around the country. I mean, they've become two of the model franchises in, in their respective sports. You had mentioned the uh, Seattle Seahawks defense and how good they are. And we remember last year what they were able to do to uh, Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl absolutely took every uh, first look away from him. The Patriots have a little bit of a different offense than, of course, the uh, Denver Broncos do. They, uh, they do have the ability to run the ball. They do have Rob Gronkowski, and they have smaller guys in Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, that can have a little mismatch up against those larger uh, Seattle uh, defensive backs. What is your thought to the key of the game? Who is going to be the key for the New England Patriots passing attack? Well, here, here's where I think New England and Denver are similar uh, a year ago. You know, maybe New England is a better running team than Denver, but I don't think either team you know, is a great running team by any means. And Seattle, by any metric, was a top five run defense this year. I know they were dinged up at the end of the year and they had trouble stopping Eddie Lacy in the NFC Championship game. But I think they're a pretty good run defense. And I think they'll be ready for the Patriots on the ground. Not that you ignore the rushing attack, certainly, and not that it's going to skew as much as it did in the second half against Baltimore, where they only run at one time with Brady outside of kneel downs. But I think they're going to have to beat, as weird as it sounds, with Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor, I think you're going to have to beat Seattle through the air because I think the Patriots are, are, are stronger in that regard offensively. And where I think the Patriots and Broncos are similar, you know, both quarterbacks excel with underneath and short and intermediate routes. And that's where Seattle defensively is so good because if they can shrink the field on you with all the team speed they have, whether it's Bobby Wagner or whether it's uh, uh, KJ Wright or whether it's, you know, Cam Chancellor, not that he's a speed demon, but the, the, the type of havoc he can wreak by being such a physical player down there, I think that's a danger area for a lot of offenses. So to me, that's where the game's going to be settled. Underneath short, intermediate routes, can Julian Edelman win whatever his matchup will be? Can Danny Amendola win his? I think Gronk, I don't think he's going to have to go against Jeremy Lane. I think he's going to win his matchup, but 
Is it going to be more seam routes? Is it going to be more down the field? Is it going to be outside on, uh, say, Richard Sherman or Byron Maxwell? We saw him matched up on corners a lot last week against the Colts, and I actually think that was a good game plan from Indianapolis. To me, you have to win short and underneath across the middle. Seattle is so good there defensively that I don't think that's an easy task to go get. But I do give Bill Belichick a lot of credit, as I said earlier. I think they're going to be able to exploit some weaknesses underneath. And I think they will win that matchup underneath. I think they have to, to win Super Bowl 49. Adam, Richard Sherman is a great cornerback. You know, he's either one or two, him and Revis, wherever you want to rank him, his personal opinion. However, as the Chargers demonstrated, you can have success attacking him. And we saw it produce a win for San Diego. Do you expect the Patriots to also attack Richard Sherman and try to get him moving laterally and running pick routes and what have you? I totally do. And I, I hope to God they're not like the Green Bay Packers week one, especially when the, you know Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy didn't even look his way. And I hope they're not like the Packers where late in the game, in the NFC Championship game, clearly a hobbled Richard Sherman, they don't test him. And they did earlier in the game. And I know he picked off Rodgers in the end zone on a, a tremendously athletic play. I think you have to go at him, not just to keep him honest, but to keep the entire defense honest. And that's before you get into the question of whether or not he's 100%, which he won't be. So is he close to 100%? Is he closer to 50%? We all saw the last Super Bowl between the Patriots and Giants. I mean, Rob Gronkowski played, but he wasn't himself. He was a decoy out there. He was hobbling around in a shell of himself on the field. So test Richard Sherman. Is he the same guy? Test Earl Thomas, you know, deep down the middle of the field. Is he the same guy? I don't think the Patriots will shy away from those matchups. I don't think they're afraid one bit. I guarantee you if Jeremy Lane is on the field, they're going to pick on him after his comments earlier in the week. But I would not be afraid to test Richard Sherman early on and see if he's healthy. And if he's not the same guy, I'd continue to go right at him because my guess is if he's getting beat, even because he's hurt, I think that's going to fluster not just him, but that entire defense. Adam, you switch uh, upsides here now to the uh, Patriots defense versus the uh, Seahawks offense. And, we look at a guy like Marshawn Lynch, beast mode as he's called, watched a lot of his highlights over the last week, and he can cause some havoc. How can the Patriots stop him and then be able to contain Russell Wilson on the read, uh, the read actions? Well, that, that to me is the game, right? And the Patriots, I am concerned about their run defense. You know, in a vacuum, I believe that if Belichick needs to, he can sell out to stop the run. But I do think exploiting the Patriots on the ground is their weakness. I, I am not fearful of, you know, Doug Baldwin or Jermaine Curse. Not to say that either of those guys are going to have no catches in the game. But those guys, you know, don't scare me through the air, especially with the Patriots' corners. So I think the Patriots can make Seattle somewhat one-dimensional. The problem is, you know, a lot of the scrambling Russell Wilson will do, save for the read options that you mentioned, or on broken plays outside the pocket where he's so dangerous. I wonder if Bill is going to let his guys – play man-to-man, turn their backs and run down the field and lose track of Russell Wilson. So maybe that forces Revis and Browner into more zone, and maybe that makes them a a bit softened up in the passing game. But Marshawn Lynch is the guy, and the Patriots couldn't stop Justin Forsett in the divisional round. If you can't stop him, I I don't know how you have much hope against Marshawn Lynch. I understand they're totally different backs, but the Patriots have struggled against bigger backs in the past. No Sean Moreno week one, Chris Ivory for the Jets whenever they play him. And Marshawn Lynch is a much, much better version of either of those two backs. You know, you have to get them in, in second and third and long. And I think that's going to be a lot easier said than done. If I'm Seattle, 
I am handing off to Marshawn Lynch, you know, 25 times in this game, you know, certainly upwards of 20. And I think that's how they can win this game with ball control offense and with Marshawn Lynch really tiring out the defense. Adam, it's well documented that Russell Wilson is not as effective when you keep him in the pocket. Chandler Jones is a pass rusher that we know has trouble containing and staying disciplined at that. How confident are you that he's going to be able to do a better job in the Super Bowl than he has really throughout the season? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I was going back and looking at that game from 2012 uh, the other day, and Chandler Jones was great in the game in Seattle. Now, I, I can't, and this is just looking at the box score, so I can't tell you that you know he didn't lose contain on Russell Wilson or he didn't let Wilson get outside the pocket on you know the touchdown pass to Braylon Edwards or the touchdown pass to Sidney Rice. But I believe in that game, Chandler Jones had two sacks and a forced fumble. So you know, to me, there are some deficiencies to his game. I, I guarantee you with two weeks, you know, Bill Belichick is going to instill and make sure that, hey, you know, don't get too far up the field. Don't give Russell Wilson any rushing lanes. I would say the same thing to Rob Gronkowski on the other side or Akeem Ayers, you know, if he's in in some sort of sub package. But I just think with with all of the the good that Chandler Jones brings to the field, I I hope that, you know, he can make some plays um, that would negate any rushing lanes or any breakdowns he would have out there. I'm not sure you're going to have a perfect game against Russell Wilson, but I trust that Chandler Jones will play pretty well. Adam, thank you very much for joining CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat. We sit about a week before the Super Bowl here. Not going to hold you to it, but what is your early prediction? Um, I've been saying since Monday, and it it echoes what I told you earlier. I I can't see Bill Belichick getting outcoached by Pete Carroll, and I can't see Bill Belichick sitting around for two weeks, game planning for, you know, the defending Super Bowl champions or any team in the league, not being able to come up with some interesting wrinkles. He has been on as good a roll as I can remember. And I'm not saying it's his best, but think about the, the, the four offensive linemen and the ineligible receivers that he unveiled against Baltimore and the wrinkle that they put in the following week uh, in the AFC Championship game for the touchdown to Nate Solder. Think about pushing the button at the exact right time with the halfback or, or wide receiver pass, I should say, from Julian Edelman to Danny Amendola that really you know, change the tenor, I think, of that Patriots-Ravens game. He is pushing all the right buttons at all the right times, and you're giving him an extra week to go against an inferior coach, in my mind. And I know not everybody agrees with that, but I certainly feel that way, and I don't think it's all that close. I can't see the Patriots losing out on that edge. And then you throw in Deflategate, and you throw in Bill Belichick on Saturday, and how defiant he was. And not to go off on a tangent, but you know, I'm not sure everything he said adds up from a scientific standpoint. I'm not sure everything he said checks out from an honesty standpoint, but I'll tell you, it's over and done with. He's not answering any more questions about it. The players will not be answering questions about it. He had the definitive press conference now. And if I'm any of the players, if I'm Bill Belichick, guys, we already talked about that on Saturday. Guys, I'm sorry, coach talked about that on Saturday. It is a dead issue. And I think Bill Belichick did an amazing job after letting this drag on for a week, putting an end to it, putting a stop to it. It will not be a distraction in Phoenix. And I almost think it's going to be a rallying cry for this team. You know, it's the same team that went 18-0 after Spygate. This is the same team that got to an AFC championship game after the distraction of Aaron Hernandez. They're as good as any team in the history of the league of taking a distraction, whether it's, you know, ineffective play on the football field, whether it is an issue off the field, a legal issue, a cheating issue, whatever it is, they're able to compartmentalize and go forward. And I really think they're going to use this as a rallying cry. I don't have a score for you. But I do think the Patriots win this game by, let's call it their, their standard bearer in the Super Bowl. They'll win it by a field goal against Seattle. 
That was Adam Jones of 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. You can follow him on Twitter at, at AdamJones985. And his interview was brought to you by the good folks over at Lynda.com. Go out and challenge yourself today. www.lynda.com slash Radio for your free 10-day trial. Great stuff there, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Very informative. Very knowledgeable. Came out with a little history for those who forgot exactly how Pete Carroll's tenure went here in New England. Yeah, it... uh... (laughs) It, uh, I remember those years very, very well, and I was, you know, a, a young man when, when Carroll took over, um, you know, really was excited for him. I remember the 97th season after their victory over Bill Parcells uh, on a, in overtime, and Carroll came on after that and said, I could see us going undefeated this year, and right there, that's when Pete Carroll lost me. <laughs> you know, I, you know. Pete Carroll seems like a great guy. He obviously knows how to coach. But in 1997 through 1999, coming off Bill Parcells and being completely, completely different than Bill Parcells, it just didn't work for this team. We've heard so many stories of players going up the back stairway into Bobby Greer's office. Uh, You know, Terry Glenn doing that sort of thing. Of course, losing Curtis Martin to the Jets didn't help at all. But you know what? They always say that you want to be the guy after the guy that replaces the legend. And that guy's Bill Belichick. So he's become the guy after the guy. Kudos to to Pete Carroll. Um, You know, he did it in college. He won it last year. He's brought his team back in miracle fashion, really, last week uh, against the the Green Bay Packers. I, I, for one, thought there was no way after the – the interception, the Morgan Burnett interception, that there was any way that Seattle would win. You can never count Seattle out. And I look at it, and you can never count the Patriots out. I really think Adam's right there that this is going to be a very close ball game. I said it at the uh, Patriots postgame show last Sunday. I said Patriots by seven. I'm going to stick with that, but it could very well be a last-second field goal. Yeah, I see this one coming down to the end. I, too, I agree with Adam. I think that the Patriots are going to win this in their traditional fashion, meaning that Steven Goskowski is going to have his first chance at a big-time playoff kick, no less the fact that it's coming in the Super Bowl. He's been great in the regular season. He's never really had that many clutch opportunities in the postseason. He could have his chance next Sunday. It, yeah, it really, it's storybook how the uh, Patriots – won their first championship game. You know, the, the amazing kick by Adam Vinatieri in the snow, probably one of the most clutch kicks of all time, high school, college, all that sort of stuff. So that right there um, is just unbelievable what they were able to do um, with Adam Vinatieri. Of course, he came back and kicked a, kicked a game winner two years later against the Carolina Panthers. You've never seen what, Gostowski can do in the playoffs. I mean, he's had a couple. He's had a game-winning kick in the playoffs. I mean, he had a game-winning kick um, in his first season, his rookie season against uh, the Chargers. But I look back and I remember Super Bowl 42 when they had a 48-yard field goal, but instead they went for it on fourth and 12. I have to believe that Bill Belichick trusts his kicker a little more now than he did seven years ago. 
Oh, absolutely. There's been all kinds of reports. Goskowski might have had a hip injury at that game, that he wasn't right mentally. So who knows what the truth is? It's probably somewhere in between all those rumors. But he's certainly shown and proven his mettle since then. And you got to believe that Bill Belichick will call his number in this game. Well, that'll do it for the show today. Join us tomorrow as we have the legendary Pete Shepard to talk about the New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. Until then, we'll catch you on the flip side. This is Patriots Beat Podcast, and I am Jeff Kane for Bobby Kravitzky. See you later.